Welcome to the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will be greatly encouraged as Pastor Dale Walker and others bring a fresh word from God directly to your heart. Be blessed. Great job, media team. We love you guys. Awesome. If you look in your sermon notes, you'll see we're on a series called Do It Again, Lord. Can you say that with me? Do it again, Lord. And it's a sermon series about revival. Everyone, every generation, there's times when God breathes upon people and people suddenly, by, sometimes by the thousands, begin to want to know God. They encounter God. Dead things come alive. Dead marriages start to have love again. People who've given up hope. I believe with all of my heart we're on the verge of that right now. We're celebrating this 50-year anniversary for one reason. We believe that the faith that God gave in my generation, he wants me to impart to this next generation to see God move again. There's a beautiful verse that says when God blesses one generation, it's to bless another generation. Look at Psalm 103, 17. This is an awesome verse. Psalm 103, 17 says it this way. But Lord, your endless love stretches from one eternity to the other, unbroken and unrelenting toward those who fear you and those who bow face down, isn't that a good one, in awe before you. Your faithfulness to keep every gracious promise you've made passes from parents to children to grandchildren and beyond. Everything God blesses with, he wants to multiply to the next generation. In fact, in a double portion, when Elisha asked Elijah for the spirit, he said, give me a double portion. Guess what? Elijah, Elisha did twice as many miracles. I'm so blessed to have a father who was a preacher, but he prayed for me and for my brothers and sisters. I'm so amazing to look at our life now. And I've been to twice as many nations as he preached in able to plant more churches, but everything was because the blessing I received from one generation is coming to another. The Bible describes life as a relay race. The most important thing is there's a moment where you get the baton, and that's your purpose. And if you don't know what it is yet, today the Holy Spirit can show you you've got a purpose There's something only you have been called to do. A way you're supposed to change the world. And God's saying, please take it. Take it and and live your life boldly. And then same time, be ready to give it to someone else. There's someone coming behind you that you're going to be able to pour into and they're going to raise up and do incredible things. Let me just say a few things, Revival. Revival has always had a focus on youth. This great verse in Acts 2.17, I quoted earlier, in the last days. How many know we're in the last days? You say, well, when is Jesus coming back? I don't know, but I know it's closer today than it was yesterday. (laughs) I really believe it's right at hand. Anybody notice the birth pangs in our earth right now? That's what the Bible says. You'll feel like, uh, like there's pains But he says this, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
There is about to be something. And I'm just kind of jealous of some of you young people because you're going to be at the front. Because look what it says. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men. Oh, good. We're here. All right. Give me that dream. But in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, everyone, men and women, young, old. It's going to be unbelievable. The spirit of God is stirring right now. I remember those times. I mean, literally at school, we would have, I, I, I would just, we just started meeting at, at the lunchtime, and we'd had 100 teenagers at Burgess High School, El Paso, and, and sometimes people would get so filled with the Spirit, we'd have to carry them to class. And uh, just a funny story. I remember one time, these guys came, they started throwing stones at us. The only problem was, it was the day the karate champion of our school visited our group. I never said anything, but he says, I'll take care of this. <laughs> never saw those guys again. Anyhow, <laughs> but people would literally, we would go to the mall and just start to sing, and people would come and say, I want what you have. Get ready. The reason this is so important is because the front line of battle is the next generation. How many know that Satan knows? And a lot of times churches get so focused, they get older and older, and they're focused on themselves, and, and Satan comes and steals the kids. Uh, there's a verse in, in Judges 2.10. See, Satan knows that the church is only one generation from extinction. If God doesn't touch our youth, it's all over, folks. And, and this verse in Judges 2.10 it really spoke the generation right after, uh, you know, right after Joshua's generation. Do we have that verse? Can we show it? And, and it's just one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And it says, there came a generation that did not know the Lord. That suddenly, it says, they did not know what God had done for their fathers. And, and if you read the book of Judges, it's just chaos. It's a train wreck. Why? Because somehow the faith didn't pass on. Right now, there's this, this battle that says, your whole future as a church, Heart for the World, it's right here. How will the handoff take place? Will the Spirit come? And I believe He will. As he's promised. You know, when we started the church, we said God told us to make two things priority. Number one was the nation's heart for the world. We wanted to be what I call a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church. Meaning, this church looks like heaven. Every nation. And, and one thing I'm so excited. I just came from Costa Rica. And this lady, Gabi, and she went to New Mexico State. She came to our church when she was here. She got filled with God. And she wanted me to see, because she got married down there, she has started this huge ministry. And she said, Pastor, thank you, because Heart for the World, because you reached out to students in New Mexico State. Now we're here in Costa Rica, touching the nation for God. Hallelujah. And so we want to be a church of nations. And, and then we wanted to be a church of generations. And, you know, you've heard us say this about kids' ministry, but we say we're a, we're a kids' ministry and adult care is also provided. So I'm taking care of you, but the real ministry is right down there a little bit. But the idea was, 
If our youth got this, Las Cruces would never be the same. And, and I'm seeing this, it was so beautiful to have honey because many of you know Junar was our first worship leader and, and now that was an amazing generation. Now you hear his daughters and you go, oh my, <laughs> here we go. God is on the move. And this, this generational vision is what revival is all about. The New Hebrides Island, I've been studying revivals. In 1949, one of the greatest revivals happened, and there was these three 80-year-old women, and they said, God, we're, they went to church, and there was no young people, and so they said, God, we're going to pray until you do something. Yes. This, this fellow shows up from Scotland. He comes one night, and somewhere, 122 teenagers show up, and they get saved. And that's it. The whole island gets turned upside down. God moves. And, and here's the thing about generation. It's not that the, the, the old don't need the young or the young don't need the old. We need each other. I was up in Albuquerque a while back, and I, I don't know if any of you have been to this restaurant, Sweet Tomatoes. It's like the biggest salad bar in the world. <laughs> and it had all these colors and things, and says, that's heart for the world. And I just felt the Lord say, I want to bring all these generations and people together. And when I do, I'm going to pour the salad dressing on. <laughs> we need each other. Let me just give you a few points. The older need the youth. One of the things I know is that youth is not really just about age. It's about attitude. We need young people to remind us to have an attitude of expecting miracles that our greatest adventures are yet to come, that anything is possible. The Bible says, what does revival look like? It looks like the first love. When you first met Christ, many of us were very young. He says, you've got to get back to that innocence. There's something about youth that just expects this is our hour. It was the thing in 2014 where, where our whole youth group, 21, went with Hunter Howard and said, hey, let's move to Atlanta and start a church. And there's a credible church in Atlanta, Georgia today that was born from Las Cruces. Because why? They were like, I'm ready to go. How many know when you get older, you can start to get sort of in a rut? You get used to things. I want it. It's always been this way. It will always be this way. I remember the first time I went to Starbucks, I said, I just want coffee. Don't talk to me about latte. And, uh, I just want coffee. We don't like to change. We, we think change is having our nap a little bit earlier. So I don't know what it is. But anyhow. But when God moves, everything changes. When revival comes, everything changes. God does something new. And he wants to give us that youthful spirit that says, God, I'm ready for the biggest adventure of my life. Can, you, can, can I tell you? It doesn't matter how old you are. You can have a youthful heart. This fellow, Jim Lamont, uh, Annette is one of our missionaries, her dad. And I was a pastor in El Paso. He comes to me. He's 65 years old, him and his wife. And he says, Pastor Dale, would you pray for us? We are going to the mission. I finally got Social Security. We are going to Honduras. I said, you're kidding me. Yeah, we are beginning our adventure. And they spent from 65 to 81 years old turning Honduras upside down. Hey, God might have another adventure for you. Are you ready? 
Are you excited? Do you have that, that sense? Look at this verse in Matthew 18.3. I love it, what, what the Bible says uh, here. And this is from the Passion Translation. It says, learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking and become teachable and learn about heaven's kingdom realm with wide-eyed wonder of a child, you will never be able to enter in. See, what is it Jesus is saying? And all the Pharisees said, get the kids out of here. They're messy. No, God, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Unless you can see the world like a child, you won't see what God's doing. And you'll miss everything. These young people are going to help us see what God is going to do next. But the young need the old. The Bible teaches us that we're to, to mentor. This is so huge. Can I just tell you, and I say this to all young people, do you know what happens when you get someone older? Someone, you're trying to get up this mountain and they just came from there. Do you realize the shortcut you get to take because someone else can show you the way? The Bible says, hey, don't let the old people and young people meet apart. Get them all together. Why? The older women, they're going to teach the younger women. And the younger, older men will teach these. And there will be this incredible thing that will happen because you have a mentor. You don't have to make all the same mistakes. See, why do you get a double portion? Because you get to start where they left off. A recent survey of, of, of the most successful CEOs found 64% of them said the reason for their success was there was a mentor, a business leader that showed them the ropes. They got that huge head start. Can I tell you what I'm burdened for? And I just speak this to all of us. It's legacy. It's not just living for your life, but it's investing your life so that others can go higher. Someone said legacy is, is growing fruit on other people's trees. It is coming alongside someone and say, saying, I see you, but I have something I can add to you. And if I add it to you, can I tell you, that's how you fulfill your purpose in life. It's not by becoming successful. So what? You get a better car. So what? You get the next promotion. There comes a time where none of that matters. But when you find somebody and you say, my dream is to make your dream come true. I, I, I believe in you. And, and that you're able to put them on your shoulders. Elton Trueblood, I loved what he, he says. He says, we have made at least a start in discovering the meaning of human life when we plant shade trees that we know we will never sit under. But we plant them because someone's coming down there. Can I tell you something about my life? I start thinking, every way that I've been blessed, it's because someone older and smarter and wiser was willing to care about a kid named Dale Walker. I think I have a 45-year marriage, a credible marriage. You gotta agree with me, being married 45 years is awesome, you know, that's a pretty good deal. But I wouldn't have made it if in my 20s, Ken Gullickson and Joni... Golikson, they didn't take us under and teach us because our marriage was about to explode. And I said, will you teach me how to be a husband? I'd have never been a leader if Miss Hastie, my sixth grade teacher, didn't come and say, Dale Walker, you're a leader, man. 
Step up. I would have never learned to preach if Pastor Dennis didn't say, come on and preach. You can do this. And there were other people. Mr. Redwine. You know, you don't have to be a preacher to be a mentor. He, you know what he did? He took me and my brothers fishing, Mr. Redwine. And we'd fish and he'd just pour into. Here's what life is all about. Here's how you do business. Here's how you save money. Every part of my life, the gift God gave me was somebody just to pour into me. How I just challenge you with our kids. You know, again, you don't have to be old. My, my daughter, uh, Olivia, is 12, and I saw Layla over there, and, and they're mentoring children on Wednesday night that are younger than them. Isn't that cool? You could, you could invest in a student. Just invite them over. Invite a college student. They'll always come to dinner. I tell you. Invite them at Thanksgiving, Christmas. Just think outside of the box. Somebody needs you to be a spiritual leader, encourager, mentor in their life. Now let me just speak to the, to the young people, but it's all of us because we're all God's children. I ask this question. Have you ever done this? This is a cool thing to do. What would you tell your younger self? You know, like, what would, if I could tell my 15-year-old self, if I could tell my 20-year-old self something, you could write a book there, right? Well, I begin to say, God, if I just had this 10 minutes to tell the next generation out of my whole life, what would, would I want to mentor them? And then I realized God already wrote the best mentoring book. It's called First and Second Timothy. And the Apostle Paul ta- takes this time to speak to a young person named Tim, Timothy. He, he comes from a, a single mom family. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's very insecure because he grew up without a dad. And, and, and he's, he's suddenly thrust in this position where he's got to lead this big church. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, I'll be your spiritual dad. And, and he, he begins to mentor Timothy. And, and there's so many things in that book. I, I want you to read the book. But I'll just give you the five highlights, what he tells a young man. These are five things that if you will learn when you're young, you'll live an incredible life. In fact, let's just read part of it. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2 through 9. I just want you to see it. There's so much more, but I, let's read that at least. To Timothy, my dear son. Everybody say, dear son. To heart for the world youth, my dear spiritual sons and daughters. <laughs> Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You know what he's saying? I believe in you. You are amazing. You're going to do greater things than I ever dreamed of. You see that? That's the spirit of a mentor. I believe in you. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers. Do you know how you mentor someone? Number one, you pray for them. Is there anyone you pray for night and day? That's who you're going to change. That's who you're going to make a difference in. I love, he says, I, 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 re- I recall with tears. My heart is so moved. I love you so much. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, 
Anybody here thankful for a godly grandma? Woo! And, and in your mother Eunice. Now notice this. Here's how revival works. It's, it's imparted. It's a fire in one generation. That if you'll receive it, it'll come. I'm persuaded it now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you, fan into flame. Somebody say, fan into flame. The gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power. Be powerful. Power, love, and self-discipline. That's who you are. Then he goes on to say, so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Remember that. Be bold. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Let me give you these real quick. Number one, learn and know your identity in Christ. You've got to know. See, in this generation, people are so confused. They're looking, you know, to social media to feel important or some somebody on TikTok or whatever. They're being told, look inside of yourself. What do you identify with? How many know you look inside of yourself? You'll never find who you are. There's only one person who knows who you are, and that's Almighty God. And he gave you a book, and he says, this is who you are. The sooner you find out who you are, the sooner you will begin to make progress and fulfill your purpose. You can spend the rest of your life trying to figure it out, or you can say, God, who do you say I am? And he says to you, I know who you are. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are called of God from the foundation of the world to be his representative on earth. That's who you are. I remember a story of a man named Ben, and he, he, he came from a broken home. He was so insecure. He goes to church one day, He's 12 years old. You know, he doesn't even know who his father is. And he's like so afraid. And afterwards, the pastor says, young man, come here. And he looks him in the eye and says, I know who you are. He says, oh, no, he found out. What are you? And he says, I know who you are, Ben. You are a son of Almighty God. He is your father. You are precious. He later writes and says, I was born as a human, but that day I was born as a son of the living God. He went on to become the two-time governor of Tennessee. There's a day that God wants to show you. I remember in high school, I was so insecure. If you know the Bible story of Leah and Rachel, the pretty one and the not pretty one, I was the guy form of that. I had such talented brothers. I thought I was just, you know, I had a big head. They called me blockhead and I was so insecure. The first time I invited a girl out, I said, you would never want to go out with me, would you? She said, absolutely not. I said, thank you very much. I mean, that was my great line. And to think that I would be doing what I would do. But one day, the Holy Spirit, God spoke to me. He says, Dale, you're my son. I chose you. Just, it just changed me. Number two, learn everything you can from God's word and spiritual mentors. Can I tell you what youth is? It's Jesus in Luke 2.52, spending three days in the temple, growing in knowledge, hungering, 
to learn about God. Can I tell you, the word of God and the Bible is something that more people are ignoring than ever, but can I tell you, Paul would say, study to show yourself to prove someone who never will have to be ashamed. Why? Because you know the Bible. The moment, I'm telling you, to put scriptures inside of you, like memorizing scriptures, is, is more valuable than putting a million dollars into your account. I started memorizing scriptures when I was 1500s. I can't tell you in my lifetime how many times I had the exact word, the exact thing about to fall into a temptation, the exact word from God coming into my brain because I had David's stones in my heart. I had those things that could defeat the enemy. And to this day, can I tell you what I am most convinced of after all these years, the word of God will make you a champion. It will make you different than anyone else around you. I mean, I just still do it. I just memorized. You want to hear my latest verse, Isaiah 49, 25. God says, I will contend with those who contend with you, and I will save your children. I'm just memorizing. Why? When I memorized Romans chapter 8, suddenly I became a victorious Christian. This book is powerful. It will put you above everyone around you, able to minister. Come on, get the word. Make it the treasure of your life. Come to a Bible school class. Man, it'll change you. Number three, choose to be a leader for God, not just a follower. And I gotta say this, this is so huge. There comes a moment in every person's life, and it almost always happens in their teenage young years, you know because you are with people and they're all going in one direction. And you might believe God in your heart like Peter when he was following Jesus after, after Jesus was arrested, but he didn't want to tell anybody, so he was secretly following. Before the day was over, he had denied he ever knew God. This world is taking you somewhere. The pressures of every part of the world, social media, the friends you have, they're taking you in a path that's outside of God's will. If you conform to them, you will lose this faith and this chance to be the world changer God called you to be. And there'll come a moment when you answer the most important question, will I change the world or will the world change me? And you'll look it in the eye and you know, if I don't stand up now, no matter what I believe, I'm going to go just like them. You live in a world where right now, if you're 14 years old and you're a girl, 40% are going to be pregnant before they're 20. Most every young person will be into pornography. Most every young person will, will experiment with drugs and get messed up into something that will take them down and get them in trouble. And, and if you just don't think about it, before you know it, you'll say, I didn't think I would ever do that kind of thing. Because until you stand up and say, I know what I, like Daniel said, I will not be defiled by this world. I will not bow to idols. I know who I am. I am gonna live for God. I know it happened to me when I was 16 and I went to my school with the biggest Bible I could find. I said, hey, everybody, this is who I am. I found the secret to finding your best friends. Lose all the wrong ones. 
Instantly, all the wrong people didn't want to be my friend anymore. I lost 20 friends in one day. Woo, it's a record. And then I got the next friend. And one of the reasons we want to be in all these high schools is if you've got a Jonathan, if you've got a Ruth, you'll be a lot stronger. You've got to find someone that teams up with you that stands strong in the, in the word. If you're together with another Christian, you can do this. But if you're alone, you're going to get knocked out. But find a partner in your faith and say, would you be a radical Jesus follower with me at, at Las Cruces High? Would you be a Holy Spirit-filled bulldog? Please. And if they'll help you, you'll overcome. And then start using your gifts now. Paul said, stir up the gifts. We don't need you, the next generation. We need you, the now generation. You have gifts. You can lead worship. You can start today and be the leaders of this church. Aren't you glad David didn't say, I can't kill a giant because I'm only 17 years old. And Mary said, don't, don't ask me to carry Messiah. I'm only a teenager. And Paul says, don't let anyone look down upon you because of your age, but you be the example. This is your hour. This is your day. Begin to dream. Begin to step out. Begin to be on our prayer team. Begin to go out on Love Lost Cruises. Become the most radical dream team we have that goes out and shares Jesus with people. This is your hour. When you serve, you soar. And lastly, completely consecrate yourself. Completely consecrate yourself so God can completely use you. Paul would say it this way. He says, there are many vessels, and he gives this illustration, kind of like your cupboard. He says, you know, you know how you have cups that you are like, this is your coffee cup. You always drink from it. And then there's cups that are way up there. You haven't touched them in 50 years. I don't even know how they got there because you don't like them. And God says, that's the body of Christ. There's vessels. And he says, some are vessels of honor, and some are dishonor. Why? Because some cups have never cleaned themselves. They've never given themselves completely to God. They're dirty cups. But he says in this powerful verse, he says, if you will cleanse yourself, God will use you for special purposes. You will become God's favorite cups. Today, I just call some of you. You know there's compromise in your life. Sunday, it's God. Monday, it's something else. Whatever it is. It's not about being perfect, like Honey said so beautiful. It's about being honest and real. It's saying, cleanse me, God. And it's about saying, God, I'm available. What if I was the one that you used because you had all that I have and I gave it to you? I told you about that New Hebrides revival. There was a, a guy named John Patton. He was just like right out of high school. And he, he says, God wants me to be a missionary. And God shows him, you're going to go to New Hebrides Island. So he tells the mission department. And they say, well, the problem is the last missionaries that went there were eaten by cannibals in two hours. Do you still want to go? He says, God, you have my life. <laughs> I am so sold out to you. You can use me. He goes over there. He spends 35 years. He touches the entire island. A whole island comes to Christ. In fact, today you can go in the middle of the island and there's a monument where he's buried and it says, when John came here, there was no light. 
When John died, there was no darkness. God saved a whole nation. What if I'm talking about you? D.L. Moody said, God, the world has yet to see what God could do with one life that was totally sold out to him. But by the grace of God, I will be that one life. And he changed two continents of the world. What if heart for the world was that church? God, the world has yet to see what one church, if it was totally, absolutely committed to God, what you could do for a city or a nation. But by the grace of God, we will be that church. Would you pray with me? Let's stand to our feet as the worship team comes. Holy Spirit, do it again. Do it again. There's hard hearts in our city. There's hopelessness in our schools. There's people wanting to commit suicide. There's people so strung out, they lost their purpose for life. There are people who are just carried away into things they never wanted to be. But God, let us be your messengers. And today, I just want to invite all of us or any of us, God wants to consecrate you. What if you were that person who said, I'm going to know who I am in God. I am going to dedicate my life to knowing the word I'm going to be a leader and choose to change the world and not let the world change me. I'm going to find out the gifts. I'm going to receive mentoring, impartation, and I'm going to stir up those gifts. And I'm going to consecrate myself totally to God for the rest of my life. The Spirit would fall on you, I promise. You'd begin to sense a fire, an anointing that changes your life. With every head bowed and eye closed, I just feel some today just need to make that decision to consecrate their life totally to God. God, whether I'm young or old, whether I have another 70 years or another seven years of my life, it doesn't matter. I give my life to you. I give the rest of my days and I give my heart there's things in my life that needs to be cleaned up. And I, I'm willing to be honest and real. To confess things that aren't there, that are wrong. And to begin to just give myself to the word and to a life that's for God. Maybe you're here and you need to either just receive God or come back or make that commitment. You'd say, I haven't been living for God but I want to. The Bible says if you, will, if you will turn, if you will ask God, God, I don't want to go that way. Let me go for your way. If you'll confess your sins, he'll forgive you. If you'll trust in Jesus and say, Jesus, be in control of my life, he'll take the wheel. Maybe you've known the Lord, but you've just strayed away. But today, you want to just say to Jesus, you want him to hear, I'm coming back, God. I'm giving my life to you. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me right now. Praise the Lord. Some of you are putting up two hands. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. I'm giving my life to God today. Let's all pray this with me. 
Lord Jesus, you can have it all. Please forgive me. Take the wheel of my life. You can drive. Cleanse my heart and give me your Holy Spirit. I believe you died for me and you rose again. And I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for these decisions today. And I'm just going to ask our prayer teams to come forward. Some of you, God spoke to you in this message. You need prayer for a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit, to rededicate your life, to be stirred up again. Come let us pray for you like Paul did for Timothy. For healing in your body, God wants to heal you. We'll be here to pray. The Lord bless you as you go. Be filled in his name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Heart for the World Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that God's Word has inspired you today in a way that will boost your faith greatly. We want to encourage you to visit our website at hftw.church and follow us on our social media. May God bless you richly.